Fan Junkies Radio is brought to you by FanJunkies.net, where sports meets social networking. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Fan Junkies Radio. I'm your host, Jonathan Raggis. Alongside me, as always, Mike McShane. Mike, what's up, man? Hey, Jonathan. Well, I'm good for a Friday, you know, considering all. A little tired? A little bit. Uh, saw the bed, uh, I guess it was after 3 o'clock this morning. But man, oh man, what a five minutes at the frat house we've got coming. Holy it, smokes. And you had Philadelphia Eagles coach Chip Kelly on. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it did look like him in the picture. That was really, man. I never, I did not make the connection until you actually said it. That was that was quite observant. That's what friends are for, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, we we need him to play the new coach because you know. He, Listen, you know what? If they had a Bill Cower, you know, he shaved the mustache, so that doesn't work anymore. I don't know if he could do Bill Cower. Uh, you know what, man? Psychic. Uh, you know, he, he might surprise you. Yeah. His yeah. Andy Reid impression is just amazing. Spot on. It is. It One is. of the funniest things I, uh, I ever saw. And, uh, wow, now it's time to do Chip Kelly. Yeah, well, we're almost disappointed that we lost uh, Andy for the fact that, well, hey, Sidekick doesn't have a gig any longer. Dude, no, no, you can still do it with a Chiefs hat on. Come on. That's true. That's true. I'm sure the Chiefs will be in the news plenty of times. Like, oh. With the whole Ned Yost thing, that would have been funny. You're not kidding. Who are you? You're bringing me a sandwich? <laughs> Oh, well, see, you got to watch this week's Five Minutes of the Frat House because that all comes up. What do you see? Nice. There you go. And when's yeah. that come up today? Yep. yep. I, now, that'll be up uh, very, very shortly. Nice. Back it's uploading as we speak right this minute. You so. can check that out at frathousesports.net. Yep. Right. Or over at YouTube. Or YouTube. And that's what, what's your name on YouTube? Frat House Sports? Uh, uh, it's Frat House Sports. Or uh, just type in Five Minutes of the Frat House. Very good. And what episode uh, number was that? Number 91. Oh, you're getting close to 100. Uh, close to 100. We're moving on down. I think I'm going to be on that TV screen for 100. I, I, it may have to happen. Well, I think it probably will if we do the roundtable. Oh. I think that I think that's going to coincide with the uh, football roundtable. There you go. Even better. Even better. All right, Mike, let's uh, start today's show with Today in Sports. Today in Sports. Now, I'm going to take it way back. And I don't want to hear any jokes about the fact that maybe I was here for groundbreaking. All right? I don't want to hear it. Uh, let's take it back to 1879. Jonathan, i got to be honest with you. I did not realize that, uh, that, that, that it was this old. But 1879 on this day, New York's Madison Square Garden opened. Yes. 1879? The original Madison Square Garden, Mike. Okay, so it's, it's not the current one. No, it's not. Okay. No. All right. That the uh, original one, I believe. Um, I can't remember what block it was on, but um, it was on East Twenty Sixth and Madison Avenue. The original okay. one. Obviously, it's not standing any longer. No, it correct? was. It was. It was. It actually closed down only uh, eleven years later. They took it down. Are you serious? Yes, they had actually a, a few different uh, Madison Square Gardens. You had one from um, uh, 1879, and then there was one in a new one in 1890. Which was on 26th 
and Madison, same exact uh, location. And then you had the one from 1925, which is uh, Madison Square Garden 3, as they call it, Mike. And wow. that was 49th and uh, – excuse me, that was on 8th between 49th and 50th in Manhattan. And then uh, you have the one uh, today, which is the one uh, on 7th and 8th. That is great MSG knowledge on your part. Wow. You ready for that trivia Friday? Man? Come Holy on. Holy smokes. You, you kicked my butt today on Today in Sports. I should have had you do I don't know. Six for six with that alone. My goodness. Um, yeah, there was four Madison Square Gardens. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to make sure I, I, I kind of give this a caveat. The original Madison Square Garden yes. opened in 1870. Madison Square Garden won. Wow. Only 11 years it was around. That is fascinating stuff. Good job. There you go. Finally, a today in sports that I could really get behind, Mike. I, I really appreciate you helping me out to enhancing my today in sports, which I should be the one on top of. But, hey, yeah, that's all right. Nah, nah, it's Friday, deep. and yeah. I'm I'm completely out of it. Yeah. Well, we Good job. I, I, boy, that's I, – I, you know something? i got to go look up the history of MSG. It's 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 a good history. It's I a think, good history. Well, it sounds like it's, it sounds like it's certainly rich. That's it's rich. rich. Very rich, very rich over there in uh, MSG. So, good, good things. Let's uh, let's flip it around and uh, go into the NBA playoffs r- real quick here, Mike. Yeah. Uh, last night's game, Heat won ninety to seventy nine. Uh, now take a three games to two series lead over the Indiana Pacers. Wow. Um, you know, last show, Mike, we talked about people saying how the refs helped the Pacers win the game before. Yeah. And then last night, you saw the whole. Episode with uh, Chris Birdman Anderson basically uh, shoving Tyler Hansborough down to the floor yeah. and then shoving him again. Um, he only got a flagrant one. It was still allowed to play in the game. So uh, a lot of people were shocked about that. So was that the refs giving the edge to Miami there, Mike? Uh, the, yeah, but except for the fact, Jonathan, you're not going to see a flagrant two called in the playoffs, and you know that as well as I do. Oh, we've seen a call. I mean, I mean, seriously, I mean, it's just not going to happen. We've seen that cold before. To me, you know what, on, 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 on the biggest stage for the NBA in the playoffs, when everybody was watching last night, I think that was the time for the refs to, uh, you know, take control. But uh, you got to give it to uh, LeBron James. He, you know, he played a phenomenal, phenomenal game. 30 points. For Miami. It was all him. Um, and then you look over at the Indiana Pacers, and uh, you see what a one-trick pony Lance Stevenson is. Yep. Uh, four points, two for seven shooting. And uh, fouled out in uh, 28 minutes of play. Uh, but also what you got to see is here, once again, without a bench, you can't play basketball, Mike. Right. Well, because, well, and, and, you know, you know, make the bench. Yeah, make no mistake. I mean, I think, you know, with, with due respect, I think you brought that up that, in fact, that might very well turn out to be Indiana's weakness in this. That in, in fact, Indiana was going to play them tough, but if as soon as they had to go to the bench, that's where things were going to. Listen, listen, when you can't get anything from George Hill. Right. In the beginning of the game, the first 23 points for the Pacers were scored by Paul George and Roy Hibbert. Nobody right. else scored Right. in the beginning of the game for them uh, for the first 23 or 26 points. Uh, you know, David West started to perk up a little bit towards the end there, but, you know, 7 of 16 from David West, 0 of 4 from George Hill, and 2 from 7 from Lance Stevenson. Can't do that. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. But, um, you know, once again, you got to get something from your bench players as well, so. Yeah, so now the uh, Heat go down 3-2 to two in the series. 3-2-2, two, two, exactly. And the next game is Saturday at 8.30 at night on TNT. And you would think Indiana, you know, it probably, you know, I don't know how the line's going to go on it. 
But Indiana, I mean, they're in a must-win situation. They're going to come out. They're playing at home. You would think they could tie it up, take it back to seven games, and then Miami. I think they could, and I, you know what? I think if they up there. And, and still lose, Mike, I think that's a hell of an effort by the Indiana Pacers to get this far and push the Miami Heat to seven games. Yep. But at the same time, I think that they're going to tire Indiana out, and I really honestly think the Spurs could take them out. Yeah. Yep. You know, because the Spurs have been resting for a long time now. Well, that's a good point. That's a very, very good point. You know, old legs need rest, Mike, and you got the guys like Tim Duncan and Manu Ginobili and even Tony Parker himself. They're resting their knees up, man. They're icing them up this whole time. Yeah. And that's yeah. a much better team than Indiana. So if Indiana could take them seven games. Well, a little bit disappointing, I will say. I did have the game on last night uh, while I was doing the post-production, and I was peering over at it every once in a while, and then looking away as the as the the, the, the gap between the two of them got wider and wider. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was only an 11-point win, right? Was it 11 points? It, it was 11 points, correct. Yeah. It was 11 points. Miami was favored by 7.5 going into the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, seriously, man, still, for the Miami Heat, only to win by 11 against the Indiana Pacers and not even to break 100. It's still... That's a good point, too. They did break 100. Indiana can really pace this series out if they can get a a win uh, in Game 6 and really force it to Game 7. I mean, man, you never know. You could see a possible San Antonio Spurs-Indiana Pacers uh, finals. Wouldn't that be fun? Who would have thunk that, huh? Wouldn't that be fun? Who would have thunk that? Let's go over to hockey, Mike. Of course, no games, but... Two games starting tomorrow. That's the Eastern and the Western Conference Finals. Kings and Blackhawks tomorrow, 5 p.m. on NBC Sports, followed by Bruins and Penguins over on NBC as well at 8 o'clock. Mike, Kings and Blackhawks, who you got in that series? Interestingly, I'm looking at this and I'm saying, wow, we got two number ones uh, in the uh, in the in the Conference Finals, which I think yeah. is terrific. Yep. Uh, you know, really, when it comes right down to it, uh, while all of us as sports fans like the underdog. Uh, I think we also like it when we see the ones that were the best during the regular season get to the finals. Yes. So um, I'm going to be, you know, boy, you know, I hate to go against the Kings because, for God's sake, two years in a row now, where the hell have they come from? And and, and they've surprised everybody. I, I wouldn't shock me in the least if the Kings were to knock uh, Chicago off. And Chicago, in my opinion, um Boy, they really struggled against that Detroit team where I thought that that was going to be a blowout. I really yeah. thought Chicago was going to come in there five, six games tops. That's as far as it was going to go. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Chicago on that one. Uh, but like I said, it wouldn't surprise me in the least. Yeah. The Kings are, are just a resilient group of uh, group of players. Yeah, it, it, it could really go either way this series, depending on what you get from both teams. Are the Blackhawks going to come out hot? Are the Kings going to come out hot? Is Jonathan Quick going to be the goalie that we all know and really right. hold Chicago down to minimal goals? Um, I'm going to go Chicago as well, but as you said, it, it, it would not shock either of us if the Kings, um, you know, take over this series and go into the finals. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, we'll both take Chicago, but uh, Jonathan, seven games? I think it's very likely. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what? It could either go seven games or it could shock and only go four to five, Mike. I know. I, I mean, it's really depending on what kind of team we get here. Great point. That's that. That is the weird thing about this particular series because I and I think it goes to the fact that we just don't know what LA is going to bring. Exactly. And, and exactly. that's the, that, that's the real. That's what kind of makes this particular series. I think 
in some respects, and I know John's in the uh, chat room, but I think that's what makes this particular series actually a little more interesting than Pittsburgh and Boston. Yep, absolutely. All right, now Pittsburgh and Boston, where do you have that going? Well, I said last night, I really think that that is going to go seven games. And uh, as I said last night to uh, uh, the guys over on Sports Blogger Radio when I called in there real quick, uh, I, I frankly think Pittsburgh's going to win it. Um, I, I just think that they're, I think they're a, a, a better team, actually. Not much better, but enough better that they're going to beat Boston. But I think it's going to go seven games. Yeah, I think it's going to go uh, anywhere between six to seven. And uh, I'm going to throw it out here, Mike. I'm going to say Boston. Wow. I am going to go with Boston. Um, you know, Pittsburgh Penguins, you know, they, they are the mighty Penguins. We all know that. Um, it's it, But, you know what? I still don't like the age factor on this roster. I mean, you got a lot of question marks and a few players. I know everybody was, you know, all hurrah over the, uh, you know, Brendan Morrows and Jerome McGinless coming into this team. And, you know, rightfully so, phenomenal players. But I think that the Bruins have the more physical and the younger and faster team. And I think that's what's you know, could really push them past Pittsburgh in the uh, seven-game series. I agree with you that they're faster. I think, that, however, Pittsburgh's got a little more finesse. They have the finesse, but when you put finesse against a physical team like the Bruins, and we've seen a lot of finesse teams go up against the Bruins and fall, that's where it's going to come down to. So it's going to be a, you know, a toughness and a physical state of Boston Bruins hockey versus a finesse older roster type of hockey from Pittsburgh. I agree. I think Boston... Plus, I think Boston has the better goalie, so... I, I agree with you that I think Boston has to come out and play a physical series. Uh, what they're going to have to watch is to make sure that they don't end up in the penalty box too, too often. Well, That's what they're going to have to watch. Exactly. Plus, because I think they have the better... They do have the more depth roster. I think they have a complete one-to-four lines, and I think they have a little bit of a better defense, though, Mike. Yeah, well... And, you know what? But where it's going to really come down to, it's going to come down to Tuka Resk. You know, if he could really stop um, these high-profile scorers in, in Crosby and Malkin and Aginla and Morrow and Neal, that's where it's going to come down to. So, Got it. And I see that's where I'm saying you put Pittsburgh on that power play too often, and guess what? Boston's going to end up losing this series. Well, that's so, the thing. They can't take stupid penalties. They exactly. can't take stupid they gotta penalties. They've got to play a physical so. series. They've got to play a physical series, but they got to make sure they're holding back just enough so that they're not, you know, getting the whistle. Absolutely. Uh, but make no mistake, uh, particularly to my friends up there in Beantown, I am rooting for Boston, albeit I don't. I think they're going to come up just a little bit short. Yeah, nobody wants to see Pittsburgh go. No. Uh, no my not, guess if not, not if you're a sports fan. That's for darn sure. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> it's it's now Philadelphia versus New York, Mike. Oh, uh, yes. For sports trivia uh, yes. fan junkies radio. And uh, let's go off with the first question, Mike. I'll give you the honor. All righty. Well, I'm going to go with the next question. And I made the first one actually a little bit simpler than some of the others. So I'll okay. give you the easy one to start out. And we're okay. going to go with the Knicks. Uh, the Knicks were eliminated from the playoffs in 1994-1995. Uh, you remember that series, Jonathan, right? Yes, I do. Okay. By essentially. Now, they were eliminated by essentially one player in the final game who scored eight points in eight seconds. Do you know who that was? I've got choices for you if you need them. Oh yeah, it's Reggie Miller. No, that's... All right, I don't even need to give you. I don't even need to give you the choice. No, that's uh, that that will forever haunt me, Mike. There you go. Let me. Uh... Wow, and boy, you just blew that one right out of the water, and you're going to make me look like a complete idiot. I just know it. Nah. 
I got a couple simple ones for you as well, Mike. So here, here's my simple one for you. Ready? Go ahead. How many East Division titles have the Philadelphia Phillies won? Oh boy. E- oh wait a minute. Okay. East Eastern Division. Division titles. Well, um, I got to be honest with you. It's 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 uh, more than I'm thinking. It's more than you. Th- what, what are you thinking? Yeah, it's more than I'm thinking. See, when you say Eastern Division, I, I immediately was going to um, uh, I was going to uh, uh, NL uh, NL pennants, but uh, that one I that one I could probably guess a lot easier. Eastern, Eastern Division. Um, oh, I don't know. I'm going to throw a number out there, Jonathan. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'll just throw a number out. Go for it. Um, I'll say uh, 12. Ooh, one off, 11. Wow. That was good, though. Good guess. Real good guess. Well, I was thinking of all those ones back in the 70s. They had quite a few back in the 70s. Um, I, I want to say like 76, 77, 78 in that time frame. Correct. Correct. Those three. Exactly. Uh, but then they also had uh, uh, some others back in the 50s uh, and the 60s. So uh, not not too many in the 60s, actually. No, 11 East Division titles. You ready for this? Go ahead. 76, 77, 78, 80, 83, 93, 07, 08, 09, 2010, and 2011. Oh, okay. All right. Do you know how many NL pennants they have since you said you could guess that one better? Uh, well, let's see. We had uh, 08, 80, you had 93, 08, 93, um, uh, 83, 80, um, 6, 7, 5, 6, 7, 7, okay, at 1915, right, okay, that, that is what I'm missing, 50, 80, 50. 83, 93, 08, and 09, right, 50, I knew was in there, right, okay, all right, so you were just one off, man, you had it, you had it. But you know what? Let's go another round. Okay. I like this. Go for it, Mike. All right, let's go to the Rangers. All right. <laughs> Which player has scored the most goals in Rangers history? Was it Sean Martel, Rod Gilbert, Adam Graves, or Andy Bastings? I'm going to say Jean Rattel. Final answer? My final answer is Jean Rattel. It was... Oh, no! <laughs> Rod Gilbert. <laughs> Rod right. Gilbert. Rod Gilbert scored the most. Yeah, I was, uh, I was going between him and Rattel, and... Uh, I know. I wanted to say Rattel yeah. as well when I first... Uh, yeah, I should have known that. But... Question. Yep. All right, you ready for this? No. No? <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is a, I'm, I'm going to throw out a Flyers question for you. Okay. All right? You ready for this? Uh, no, but that's all right. Okay. Who is the Flyers' coach during their Stanley Cup wins? What? Are you kidding me? What? Fred Shearer. There you go. I told you I had some simple wins for you. Uh, that's a, that, that was too easy. Of course it was too easy. I had to give you something, man. Oh, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Miller, man, so I had to give you something. Oh. All right, so at the moment, we are... Both one. one for two. One and one. Okay. One and one, Mike. One and one. I was going to say, though, that a former New York Ranger is the one who led you guys to two Stanley Cup wins in Fred Shiro. Correct. Yeah. 
That's so you needed a Ranger to get yourself a Stanley Cup win, Mike. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who the GM was? Now, uh, GM <laughs> for the... For the Flyers in the 70s when they won the uh, Stanley Cup. Uh... Yes, I do actually. Uh, uh, you know? God darn it, I can picture him. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Uh, I want to say Keith Allen. Keith, yep, Keith. I was there. He's still with the team. Keith Allen. Yep. All right, let's uh, jump into this, uh, Mike. As you know, I'm not. Hey, do you want to get an extra point for that trivia question? Yeah. Well, yeah. Whatever, man. We'll give you. Go ahead. I'm not thrilled with NCAA sports. I'm not either. Uh, I love them, but uh, boy, oh boy, I've, I've been slamming them myself recently. I'm not thrilled with the way they treat players. I'm not thrilled with the way they treat the students. I'm not thrilled with the way they do anything. The big money to coaches, and then this story comes out. This is ridiculous. Um, a female student athlete from West from from the West Coast Conference, and she's a golfer. Yes. Um, she got. I'm going to say suspended, I guess you could say. Um, she was using a hose on campus to wash her car. <laughs> and she was, I'm, I'm going to say suspended indefinitely or however else you want to put it, because of, how did they say it, Mike? The extra benefits violation. Right. They also made her pay $20 to the university, which they deemed to be the value of the water and the use of the hose. That's ridiculous. This has to be probably the most insane thing I think I have heard in a long time. Uh, it, again, it, yes, absolutely. Um, you, you know, to, to talk about, um, how did you phrase it, uh, Jonathan, uh, residual benefits or extra benefits, doesn't that... Extra benefits violation. Doesn't that imply there has to be two parties involved? In some respect, oh. I mean, doesn't that? I mean, there there seems to me there needs to be like an implication involved. Yeah. Now, you're you're out you're you're, you're washing your car. You pick up an Aaron hose that just happens to be sitting there. Are, are you telling me that she went to the university and asked permission, and the university said, "Oh, sure, you're our star golfer. Please go right ahead. Use the all the water you want to wash your car." Come on. Well, here we go. Now listen to this. The school self-reported an extra benefits violation when university officials caught one of their women golfers washing her car on campus. Oh, that's a ridiculous. secondary violation was ruled to have occurred because the water and hose were not available to regular students and requested that the golfer pay it back to $20. Oh, you know, they, they self-imposed it. You know what's happening here? Is the it because answer? of all the crap that's going on in, in exactly. college? Exactly. They didn't want to throw themselves under the bus, so they did this moronic thing? Oh, sure. Yeah, because, you know, you, you got the NCAA spies out there behind every freaking bush that are peering over the top to see who's using a freaking hose. Yeah. Are you kidding me? It's, 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 it's moronic. Portland basketball coach Eric Ravino, when he found out about the violation, he took to Twitter and, uh, you know, he said his message. Um, I'm trying to get the message right now, what he exactly said. He said, just heard about two NCAA violations in WCC. One athlete using university water to wash car. Two coach text recruit. Recruit. Who is this? And he put hash hash mark. Stop insanity. Oh. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Let's uh, let let's fine the student athlete twenty dollars, while probably the stinking basketball coach is being paid probably two and a half million dollars. 
Yeah. Now, now, let me ask you this: as a golfer, how much money do you think this WCC school made off of this girl already in collegiate sports? Oh, forget that. How about and her? She had to take twenty dollars out of this girl's pocket. Yeah. How about her tuition? Yeah. Forget, forget how much. I mean, really, you know, with all due respect, women's golf probably is not generating a whole hell of a lot of income for athletic departments anywhere in this oh, country. All right, still generating some type of income. Yeah, probably, probably. Albeit, don't forget that I, I, I put out that report just a number of weeks ago that only 28, it's only 28 out of like, um, I forget what the number was, like 100 and... And uh, uh, forty or one hundred and forty some uh, Division One athletic programs in this country are actually making money. All others are losing money. So you know, golf is not a, a revenue generator. Yeah. But nonetheless, you're going to charge a chick twenty bucks for a violation of using water when she's paying tuition to go to the school to begin with. Yeah. The NCAA is a fraud. Yep. There have been numerous, numerous reports recently about what collegiate athletics will look like in the next 20 years when the NCAA is gone. You know, because there are actually schools that are talking about getting out of the NCAA altogether. Wow. What do you think of that, man? (laughs) I don't know. What do our caller? What do our listeners think? Three four seven two three seven five three seven three. Give us a call. Get me going. <laughs> get us going. It's easy to get you going, man. Uh, when it comes to the NCAA, yeah. Uh, you know, here's the thing, and you know, this is the part that I have pointed out so many times on this show, on Frat House Saturday, et cetera. Uh, you know, I really enjoy collegiate sports. I just hate the way it's it's freaking run. It's it's disgusting. It is. And it's been disgusting for years, but it's just getting worse it's getting and worse. worse and worse and worse. And I don't know where it's going to stop, Mike. I really don't. I think it's going to stop, Jonathan, when you get a couple of Big Ten schools to pull out of the NCAA. That's when it's going to stop. Yep. And I'm telling you, that day is coming. Coming quick. Let's get into this story here real quick. This is a pretty funny, pretty cool story. Could have been a little sad for the guy if this didn't happen in the end, but ultimately it worked out in his favor, I, I guess, a lot better than it could have. Matt Brown, Mike, up here from in Philly, you know, from Temple University, yep. former uh, Big East special teams player. He was on his way to Saskatchewan to sign a contract with the Rough Riders of the, of the Canadian Football League. Yep. As he's at the airport, he notices that, guess what, his passport expired. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, I guess you can call it irresponsibility on his part by not checking his passport and doing everything he had to do um, beforehand. As he was trying to renew his passport, his agent calls him and says, hey, I was just contacted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They want to sign you. (laughs) He didn't need a passport to fly down to Florida. He flew immediately down to Florida, and now he's a member of the Buccaneers, Mike. That is a great feel-good story. You know, if he would have made it to, to uh, Saskatchewan, he would have signed with the CFL, and he wouldn't have yep. been able to sign with the Bucks. Exactly. That's a, that's a great, great feel-good story. It really is. Yeah. Now, I mean, this, would that like, oh no, I'm not going to be in the CFL, and then all of a sudden, now guess what? You're in the National Football League. Now, let me ask you a question, though. Would that have been the case? Would the CFL contract would that have been binding? To the extent that he would not have been able to sign with the NFL. From from what I know, it is. If he signs, he's there for at least a season. 
I mean, otherwise, he would have to break the contract, obviously, and then that becomes a litigious situation. Uh, they could probably pull his butt into court and things like that. But Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, would, it would become a legal matter. Right. You know, unless unless the NFL and the CFL could work something out. So. Right, right. But with a guy like that, do you really think that, you know, this guy, Matt Brown, is probably going to be, a, you know, a, you know, a third round, you know, a third running back, if not yeah. a fourth. Right. You really think they're going to let, you know, let all of that happen over a uh, death player? Exactly. It's a really, really good uh, feel good story. It's uh, one of those kinds of things where, well, hey, you know, you just never know. But just when you think, you know, things are negative, they, they, they might turn out to be a positive, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Good story, Van, man. Congratulations to Matt Brown, now a member of the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. All right, Mike. Uh, let's go another round two with questions, man. I like this whole Philadelphia, New York feel. Let me uh, get uh, the questions up here. Get them up. <laughs> you using your abacus to count them out? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I need my abacus. You know what that is now, Scott, or what? Huh? Have you figured it out? You look it up. Go to Wikipedia. <laughs> you have to Google it. Um... All right, let's go to a let's go to a Mets question here. Go. Uh, what year did uh, Shea Stadium host its one and only All Star game? Oh man, that was nineteen. Ooh. Okay, he's not even gonna wait for the choices. That's all right. I'll let you do it. No, 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 no. I, I, I want to go with this first. That was nineteen. It was the eighties. It was nineteen. I'm gonna throw it out there. I'm gonna say nineteen seventy-three. Okay. All right. Um. You want me to give you the choices? If it was not 73, I'll give you the choices. Uh, 62, 69, 64, or 86? Oh, man. It wasn't 86. Correct. It was uh, not 86. Um, shit, why was I thinking 70s? Uh, what were the choices again? 62, 69, 64. You already eliminated 86. I'm going to guess it and just say 64. Very good, very good. I got it? Good guess, yes. 64 is, 64 is correct. And for that, you get that. Nice. There you go. All right, you ready? Here, I'm going to throw a Phillies one your way, Mike. I'll get it wrong. <laughs> there have been five Phillies players that have won the MVP award. Oh, my God. Can you name them? Hell no. Can you guess? Come on. Oh, I could probably guess a couple of them. Well, guess Schmitt, a couple, man. Schmitty would be one of them. Schmitty's one. He won it three times. Um, MVP. Um, uh, bu- 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 I don't think Pete Rose did. I don't know. I'll nope. throw Pete Rose. Okay, he's not in there. Boy, that music. I really like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, it's not Cole Hamill, Scott. I think the day Cole Hamill wins the MVP, Phil Douglas oh, will actually be happy. Well, thank you. You just threw one at me. Uh, Carlton didn't win one, did he? Nope. Wow. Is Are there any pitchers on there? Nope. I didn't think I know, so. Actually, wait. I do not think so, no. Okay. MVP. Well, somebody had to have won one in... Um, Somebody had to have won one recently. Somebody had to have, yeah, come on, what's, what the heck's the matter with me? Actually, wait, yeah, you know what? There is one pitcher on there, a relief pitcher. Oh, a relief pitcher? Yeah. Brad Lidge. <laughs> nah. <laughs> not Tuggy. Brad Lidge. No, not Tuggy. Give up? Yeah, I do. Go ahead. All right, Mike Schmidt won three awards. He leads the pack. Ryan Howard. Jim yeah. Collins. 
Right, go ahead. Who was the third? Jimmy Rollins, Chuck Klein, and Jim Constantine. Okay. It's <laughs> your team, dude. <laughs> I know. You know. Well, I said I wouldn't go two for six. At least now I'm two for uh, well, two for three. So. <laughs> yeah, folks that are listening are going. He's, this guy's a moron. Listen, it's a lot tougher than it looks. Get put on the spot like that. You know what? Let's you know what? let's go again because we got our 27 minutes. We'll save the two for the uh, final two. So you know what? Let's go again. All right, I'm gonna go to the Jets. Um. The Jets changed from white headgear to green in which year? Oh, man. Again, I've got choices if you want them. Yeah, so many choices. 69, no. 78, 73, or 68? 78. Correct. 1978. Okay. I knew it was, it was closer to us than the ones you threw out there, so if you would have gave me something in the 80s, I probably would have chosen it. You know when I uh, when I, I I had to actually go look at a picture of that. Yeah, that's when they had that little uh, arrow coming out of it. It, it. it really really looked odd. I I I had forgotten that they used to wear white helmets. Yeah. Yes, sir. All right, you ready for this one? No. I'm gonna give you a newer one, a newer question, and um, it's gonna be a Philadelphia Eagles question. You ready for this? Oh, uh, what the hell. Who was the 2012 first-round pick for the Philadelphia Eagles? That was just last year. That was uh, Fletcher Cox. Hey, there you go, man. You got it. For some reason, I didn't think you were going to get that one. <laughs> you broke last uh, last Friday's record, Mike. You got two answers. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I have arrived. Oh, actually, I have seven questions for you. Cool. All right. Well, let's get to this story right here real quick. Um, Los Angeles Clippers point guard Chris Paul, very angry, Mike, over uh, the Clippers, basically implying that he was the one who got Coach Vinny Del Negro fired. Right. Um, my question to you is, now that Chris Paul is really peeved at Donald Sterling and the Los Angeles Clippers, did Donald Sterling, by putting this out into the media, just piss Chris Paul right off of the Clippers? Yeah, well, you know, you got to wonder. I mean, is he stirring the pot? That's a great point. Uh, but let me ask you a question, Jonathan. And, and again, uh, you know, you're you're more, uh, I guess it's more of a general question, but you're more in tune with the NBA than I am. Yeah. Uh, why is it that we hear these kinds of stories more in the NBA than it seems anywhere else? I, you know, I don't think there's a filter with the NBA, Mike. I think other sports have a filter when it comes, you know, when, when things come out to the media. I think, of course, the NHL was the best one at it. I don't think NBA has a filter at all. You know, it, to me, it's it 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 strikes me as being now he's reportedly angry, right? So I want to see if Chris Paul is actually going to come out and say, "Listen, no, I didn't get Vinny Del Negro fired." But it just seems like it's so uh, easy. Number one, to level these allegations, and number two, there does seem to be a pattern of this kind of thing. Where players do have this kind of uh, authority and power and what have you to have this kind of thing happen. Yeah. Um, and, and it just strikes me that it's the NBA being the prima donna league well, you know, versus other leagues, like, as you point out, like the NHL. Yeah. Well, listen, we all know Chris Paul. He's dying to be a New York Nick. Correct. 
He can become a New York Knicks this season, Mike, but it has to be done through a very, very difficult signing trade deal. Is is he starting to float stuff out there so he could possibly get his way onto the Knicks is another thing that I'm thinking. Um, the source that was talking said he's very angry right now, and his anger is directed towards the Clippers organization. Mm-hmm. Chris is a man of principle, and if he feels like you've gone against his principles, it will affect how he feels about you. He's very agitated that his name has been put out there as the reason for Vinny's firing. He has nothing to do with it. Um, all right. I'm going to throw one out there. Why make any comment about it at all? Why doesn't he just keep his mouth shut and not say anything? Well, 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 remember, this isn't coming from Chris Paul. No, I understand. It's coming from a source. A source that says, oh, yeah. So Chris Paul could be sitting there like, why is my, you know, why is this out there? So, I mean, this cannot be anything up to him. You know what I mean? Yeah, but at the same time, as we all know, a lot of players use those sources to get information out there so they're not it's it's not coming out of their mouth so they can deny it later. Right, right. So I mean from everything that Chris Paul went through with, you know, the New Orleans Hornets, with leaving them, going to the Clippers and whatnot, um now this turns out it, to me this could actually be him laying the pipeline to get his way onto a different team. Um, he, say it the biggest part of the Clippers winning this year it wasn't Blake Griffin. It wasn't DeAndre oh, Jordan. Not. It was Chris Paul. Yes, absolutely. It was Chris Paul. I mean, he happens to be that team. I'm just wondering whether it might be the Clippers, too, trying to make a move to get him out. You have to wonder, I mean, because they can offer him around $28 million more than any other team can. Right. I, I mean, you know, if they get rid of Chris Paul, who's going to take over a point guard for the Los Angeles Clippers? Now, would you rather have one of the best point guards in the league, or would you rather get rid of one of the best point guards in the league and bring in somebody mediocre right. and still your team just go back to being nothing, just being all about Blake Griffin? Well, that's that's exactly what would happen. You know that. Oh, yeah. You know that. I'm sorry, but you're not going to win an NBA championship with just Blake Griffin. It's not happening. Nope. The guy can't pull up for a 10-foot jumper. You're not winning with him. Agreed. Oh, I don't know. It. it, it... You know, this this also could just be another example of, you know, somebody. There are so many sports blogs out there now. We've got to be. We got to find things to write about. Yeah. You know, and and that might. That's what this might be. This might be one of those situations. You know, it's almost become. uh, In some respects, I've almost gotten really, really tired of just reading some of the nonsense that's put up there on uh, websites and blog sites out there anymore. Well, because it's just so obvious that people are looking for any kind of angle. I mean, I sent you over that one story. <coughs> Excuse me. From uh, and Let me see if I can find it real quick. Uh, from the uh, ESPN writer who uh, uh, made some sort of a ridiculous connection between the Memphis Grizzlies and MLK's assassination? Yeah, that was what was that, Bill Simmons. What that all about? The, yeah, the whole Bill Simmons thing? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't know what that was about. You just—we've gotten to a point uh, where we are so "quote unquote" information driven that everybody's out there just writing anything they want, yeah. looking for any possible angle, whether there's any merit to it, any validity to it whatsoever. We're just going to throw it up there. Yeah. Oh, and that's—I mean, really, this—I, I, you know—I I say wait on this and let's see what happens. Yeah. 
See what happens. Um, actually, looking over at uh, Tommy D over at the Knicksblog.com, uh, possibly the best Knicks blog out there, Mike. And uh, he's saying that the whispers and the word coming out of the Knicks camp is that the Knicks are going to be targeting a point guard. Okay. So, and he also says, for the record, the Knicks can draft the player, then trade them after. They just can't trade the pick. Mm-hmm. So, you never know what could happen here in a signing Jay. Glenn, Glenn Grunwald has done a good job with this Knicks team. It wouldn't shock me if he could somehow pull this off. So, we'll see what happens. Um, Tim Tebow, Mike. <laughs> We're back at Tim Tebow again. Why and, not? Um, there's a piece coming out in ESPN the magazine in the next issue that David Fleming wrote. And, of course, David Fleming is talking about why no NFL team wants Tim Tebow. And one of the quotes in there that Fleming writes is, more troubling for potential employers is that Tebow struggled badly with the mental side of the game. Mike, my opinion, I have never once seen Tim Tebow struggle mentally with the game. I I am just sitting here shaking my head. I, I, I mean, is it just me? Because I thought Tim Tebow handled the game very well mentally, especially if he can handle what happened this year mentally and still go into the offseason with a strong mind and trying to get himself another job. I don't see a problem there. Struggled badly with the mental part of playing football. Okay, we're not talking about him as a Denver Bronco. No. We're not talking about him as a New York Jet. Because he never played. We're saying he had a, 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 a struggle badly with the mental part of playing football. <coughs> this guy was a freaking Heisman Trophy winner, for God's sake. He didn't seem to have trouble dealing with the mental part of the game in college. I, I'm so sick. I, here, we go, here we go again. I am sick of these outrageous, outlandish reports about Tim Tebow that are overblown that are being put out there. We have not – no one – let's get it straight. No one – and I'm not saying I'm a big Tim Tebow fan. No. And I'm not even saying that if I were a general manager, I would necessarily want him on my team. But the fact of the matter is the guy has yet to be given a real chance. No, he hasn't been. No. And then when he finally did have a real chance in Denver and he showed that he could win a few games on heart and mind alone, they got rid of him. Yeah, and I mean, look, I understand why they made the move that they did. Uh, well, well, listen, man, if you're going to have a chance to get Peyton Manning, exactly. you have no choice to do it. I'm sorry, I, I, you know, anybody would kill to have anywhere between two and four years of Peyton Manning. You Even have, now. I mean, there were reports that apparently Elway was not all that. I mean, it, it went back and forth. We heard the confusion. Yeah, we heard the whole he said, she said stuff. Exactly. So. Yeah. I mean, you don't, we don't know exactly which way it went. I mean, one day Elway's coming out and he's saying, oh, yeah, Tebow's my guy. And then we're getting another report weeks later saying, well, he wasn't all that high on him. All right, whatever. Yeah. The fact of the matter is, even in those what? I, I'm trying to remember, in that particular season, Jonathan, what did he commit? In around game seven, game eight, I believe. Yeah, something like that, yeah. yeah. But even in that half a season that he played for Denver, we never got a chance to see the real, full potential, or yeah. lack thereof, of Tim Tebow. No. No. Absolutely not. No. He played uh, nine games in 2010 and then 14 in 2011 with them. So. Okay. All right. He was uh, 12 touchdowns, six interceptions. 13 fumbles, but, you know, he's a running quarterback. So, mm-hmm. it happens. But now, listen to Fleming's contradictory here. He scored a below average four quarterbacks, 22 on his Wonderlick test. 
Tebow absorbs information better through using flashcards and hands-on oh. repetitive experience than the traditional method of memorizing diagrams. Oh. But that doesn't mean Tim Tebow isn't smart or that he couldn't develop into a brilliant, quick-thinking quarterback. It just hasn't happened yet. Didn't they oh, – I, I thought that the Wonderlick was actually removed as a barometer of anything. Uh, that's what I thought. But listen, you're talking about a guy who is, has never played and never had the chance to play a full NFL season. Yeah, and I don't want to hear about the Wonderlick. No. I really don't. That, you know what, man? There, there's been a lot of guys who have been terrible in that Wonderlick and came into the league and played. Exactly. So. Uh, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, the longer this goes, Jonathan, I think you and I both agree on this. The longer this kind of thing goes, the more these negative reports come out, the more I can – you've said it yourself. The more I really feel bad for the guy. Okay, you ready for this? Joe Flacco, 27 Wonderlick test. A.J. Green, 10. Jared Allen, one of the premier defense players in the league, 19. Robert Griffin, only two points higher than Tim Tebow with a 24. Jake Long, 26. Tim Tebow, as you know, 22. Ryan Matthews, 16. Ray Malalaga, 15. Colin Kaepernick, 37. Hakeem Nix, a low 12, Mike. <laughs> Brian Cushing, 23. Aaron Rodgers, only a 30. Five, Percy Harvin twelve, C.J. Spiller ten, Tony Romo thirty-seven, Julio Jones fifteen, Michael Crabtree fifteen, Ryan Leaf. I guess we can't really count him. He got a twenty-seven. Frank Gore, Mike, possibly one of the better running backs in the league that any team would kill to have. He scored a six on his wonderlick. Yep. Hey, stick that where it doesn't shine, David Fleming. I'd love to have this guy. I, I, can we get him on the air with us? I don't want him on. I think I would bash him to his ear. Oh, no, I'd love to have him on because I'd really like to, you know. Listen, you, you, Peyton Manning, who probably has he, – he has the most brilliant quarterback in the history on, on on the level of IQ and understanding the game, Mike. He only scored a 29 on his one to lick. You just pointed out through everything that you just said there how this guy's arguments are completely flabby and he has absolutely nothing to stand on. Yeah. Blaine Gabbert's got one of the highest ever with 42, and he hasn't really done anything down in Jackson. Blaine Gabbert. Yeah. Alex Smith with a 40. Donovan McNabb only had a 14, and you're going to tell me with the oh, yeah, that right. Donovan McNabb had that the window look means anything. That, that's right. I remember that. That's correct. Yeah. Right. He, he scored very low on it. That's right. Dan Marino had a 15, Mike. Uh, Chuck Fleming, or whatever your name is, David Fleming, you're a moron. Take your wonder lick. Yeah. And shove it where the window lick don't shine. Exactly. This is ridiculous. Yeah. I, I really feel bad for Tebow. I really do. I wish the guy would come to his senses um, and stop insisting. Although, I, you know, and we've heard the report that he's insisting on it. Although, he hasn't actually come out and stated it publicly. But we've heard the report that he's insisting he must be a quarterback. I really think the guy would make a very, very good tight end. I think he would make a good tight end. I also think he'd make a pretty good fullback. Yeah. You know, spot hand the ball off to him and let him run instead of the running back? Yep. You know, they tried to do that with the Jets, but unfortunately he took the snap. I think if they would have had Sanchez taking the snap and hand it off. You don't see too many teams using the fullback position much anymore, though. No, you don't, which is a damn shame, Mike. I agree. Damn shame. I like the fullback position. I think it's a very, very, very important position in football. I just don't know. You know, man, these coaches come in and they try to put their own, um, you know, their own identity into the game. 
oh, well, let's see if I could do this. Let's take the fullback out of the game. Right, exactly. Let's run a wildcat. And now, as you see, the wildcat's completely dead in football. Uh, well, it, ne- it never had a chance of, of, of succeeding. Make it, make no mistake. No, there was very few teams that used it and 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 let it and you know and it succeed and, and it succeeded for them, succeeded for them, and no more. That's why I'm I'm so curious to see how this whole Chip Kelly offense is going to translate into the NFL. And that's why I've been so kind of hands-off about the whole thing. Yeah, but because, oh, listen, you know what? He's your coach. You have to support him right now because absolutely. you don't know what he's going to bring to the table. Correct. But you do have your concerns on what he is going to bring to the table. Right, and I and I have my concern because, look, make no mistake, as I've pointed out, and you know this, Jonathan, I, I follow college football a bit. And, you know, I, I saw what Chip Kelly was doing over in Oregon. And that's all fine and good, and it worked there. Uh, but it was also out there in the Western uh, conferences, which are not noted for being very, very strong. Uh, and I just, I have my doubts about whether this whole, you know, Chip Kelly offense or Chip Kelly offense is going to uh, translate into the NFL. We're going to see. Yeah. But uh, uh, going back to Tebow, I feel bad for the guy. I really wish, uh, you know, I hope he gets a spot. I do. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I hope it's not in the CFL. I certainly hope it's not in arena football. You know, I, I, the, the, it won't be. Somebody's going to bring him in eventually. You know what, man? There's going to be a quarterback that goes down, and somebody's going to have to scamper, you know, and scurry and look for a new quarterback, and that's when Tim Tebow is going to get his chance, I think. Well, you know, you and I both talked about Jamarcus Russell the other day, and it's interesting uh, that, you know, people would be more interested in Russell than they would be in Tebow. But It is, but, you know, listen, this is only the stuff we're hearing from the media, too. We're, we're, you know what? We're not in these war rooms. We don't know what these teams are thinking. Just is what it is. So, all right, Mike. Um, Dwight Freeney. Yeah. Um, pretty crazy comments coming from him. And I'm going to read them out to you. He was talking to Mike Freeman of CBSSports.com. Um, Dwight Freeney says, I basically think the owners got together and decided not to spend cash on free agents. I definitely think that's part of it. I think the owners made a pact. There's only 32 of them, and none of them broke ranks. I think they all decided not to spend money. What you saw were guys getting small deals. I haven't seen anything like it. There was a lot of take it or leave it from teams. It was crazy. Even a guy like Elvis Elvis Dumerville didn't make as much money as he should have, and he's in his prime. Uh, Dumerville or Dumerville? It's Dumerville. (laughs) Dumbassville. But, and then, you know, Mike Freeman, uh, excuse me, Jim uh, Ricalto from Sports Kings uh, goes on to write that, uh, you know, it's, you know, these accusations, they, you know, he seems to be 100% serious, but he's he's off because you got teams like the Miami Dolphins who shelled out so much cash this offseason. Um, you know, Mike Wallace was one of the guys that cashed out. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what world Freeney's living in, and I'm not quite sure what 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 he's looking at. Um uh, uh, his comments are completely erroneous. Yeah, and they're completely wrong. I mean, it's it. Yeah, here we go again. Here we go again. Let's just give every guy out there a platform to say whatever they want, and we'll report it. it, it these are stupid, stupid comments. I love the. Uh, uh, I, I I love the comment. You know, maybe the interest in Freedom was down because he's on the wrong side of thirty. Well, there you go. I mean, there, that sums it up right there. Yeah. Oh, man, I tell you. What the hell is going on in the NFL, man? <laughs> we were talking about the NBA a little bit ago. It seems a lot of crap's coming out of the NFL as well now. Yeah, I agree with you. You're right. 
All right, Mike, let's go with our uh, final two questions. we got eight minutes left in the show. All right, hold on. Let me get my uh, – there we go. There we go. Uh, all right, what are we going to, number five here? Yes, number five. Okay, well, hey, I'm going to throw you a Jets question about one of my favorite people that ever played for the Jets. <laughs> Joe Namath. You got that one right. <laughs> I just had to do it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, in 1965, the Jets signed University of Alabama QB, Joe Namath. Who chose to sign with the Jets? Now, which team actually held the rights to name it? Oh. Wow. I've got choices. Give me your choices. Baltimore Colts, Pittsburgh Steelers, St. Louis Cardinals, or the Los Angeles Rams? Who held his rights? You know, you know I know he finished his career off with the Rams. Mm-hmm. I want to say the Rams. I'm not going to go the Rams. <laughs> um, give me the choices again. Uh, uh, Baltimore Colts. Okay. Pittsburgh Steelers. Wasn't the Colts? Wasn't the Steelers? St. Louis Cardinals or the Los Angeles Rams? I know it wasn't the Steelers. I know it wasn't the Colts. I'm between the Rams and Cardinals. I know he played his last games with the Rams. I'm going to say the Cardinals. Yeah! Very good, very good. Yes, it was the Cardinals, correct. Okay, crowd. You know that's you know what that's only the uh, you know I I know it wasn't the Steelers. I know it wasn't the Colts. I know he played with the Rams, so it's like eh, let me go with choice number three. Yeah, it was a matter of it was a process of elimination. Right, I got you. Okay, you ready, Mike? No. I'm gonna throw an NBA one your way. Seventy Sixers. Oh, wonderful. Pretty easy one, though. Go ahead. Who is the season NBA for the 76ers the year they won the championship in 82-83? Who was the season? What was it? MVP? I'm sorry. Who was the season MVP for the Sixers when they won the championship in 82-83? It would be too easy to say Dr. J. Okay. You Um, want choices? uh, I was thinking it could have been... um, uh, Malone. You want uh, to... We're going season, though. We're not talking playoffs, or, or what are you going to put the season? Huh? Season. I can give you some choices. Go ahead. All right. Moses Malone. Right. Julius Irving. Right. Maurice Cheeks. Right. Clint Richardson. Do, 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 do. I'm gonna go. I'm. I'm uh, since we're talking season and not playoffs, I'm going to go with uh, Dr. J. Nope, Moses Malone. Wow, okay. Yeah, uh, you, for a little bit there. You heard me. I, that was kind of my second choice. No, it's, it's it's hard because you had two players that any one of them could have been the MVP. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Mike. Question uh, number six from you. Number six. All right. Uh, let's go to the Rangers. And uh, which coach has the most wins in Rangers History. Oh, man. Choices? You know, I know it. Yeah, give me the choices because... As soon as I mention the name, you'll probably throw yeah, it right I, up. I, I can't think yep. of it. All right, I, I'll, we'll, we'll go with... Uh, here are the choices. Frank Boucher, Lester Patrick, Tom Rennie, or Emile Francis? Lester Patrick. Is that your final answer? Yeah. Oh, no! No? 
it was Emil Francis. Jesus Christ, man. How did I forget that one, man? Yeah. I know. It's it's so easy to throw Patrick in there, isn't it? Yeah, I thought it was him. That's, that's, that almost seems like a gimme. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Well, I know Buster Patrick was... He was up there in wins, man. I think he had close to 300 for them. I couldn't give you the... I don't know the numbers, man. I, I'm, I'm looking it up right now. Huh. Wow, okay. I can't find it on here. Go figure, man. All right. All right. You ready for yours? No. Why not? Go ahead. You sure? The hell, I've blown all the others. <laughs> all right, man. Do you want the Flyers or do you want the Eagles? I'm going I'll I'll to I'll, give you the choice. I'll go Flyers. You go Flyers, okay. Yep. They're both kind of hard, these ones. I was saving these for last. <laughs> All right, well, what, what the hell? I'll, I'll... Lou Angotti was the first captain in Philadelphia Flyers history. Correct. For one season. Correct. When Lou Angotti left, who became the Flyers captain? Yeah, great, great question. Oh, boy. And the first season would have been the 67 season, I believe. So that means that the uh, ca- uh, the captain coming in would have been in 1960. Eight, I think uh, it would have been uh, sixty-eight. Yes, correct. Yeah, sixty-eight season. Um, you want a hint? Yeah, go ahead. Throw me a hint. Played for the Blackhawks and Penguins as well. You know, I'm going to kick myself in the tail because I do know this. Oh, and he played with them uh, straight up into the uh, late seventies too, man. Yeah, but if I had if if my brother were were listening in, he would he would be <laughs> he would be giving me a tongue lashing because I'll bet you I'll bet you my my brother Mark would know this one, and well, I can well, I can I can actually picture him I can picture the guy and I just Chicago Blackhawks and Pittsburgh Penguins. Scott is wrong, by the way, from Sports Blogger Radio saying Bobby Clark. No, but Clarky was later. Yes, Clarky uh, wasn't even uh, drafted in '68. I don't believe. Nope. Um, go ahead, give it to me. I don't know, because we're going to run out of time here. Advantage. Oh, darn it! <laughs> oh, no! Ah! All right, Michael, I went uh, four for six. You went two for six. Yeah, well. That's what I expect. And you know what that means? <laughs> yeah. New York is the victory. You guys suck! <laughs> Yeah, you got it. Good stuff, man. That was fun. That, yeah, was, that was good. It was, just, despite the fact we, you know, I'm, I'm horrible I, at this stuff. But. I think uh, next week maybe we can uh, go a little uh, Rangers versus Flyers or something, man. What do you think? Oh, boy, that that, that could be fun, yeah. I'll, I'll have to, if we're going to do it that way, then I will make sure that I spend time, you know, really boning up on uh, on uh, Flyer stuff. That would be cool, though. That'd All right, cool. man, let's do that next week, Sports Show. Friday here on Fan Junkies Radio, New York Rangers versus Philadelphia Flyers. All right. Great stuff. Very good. Well, that's it for our Sports Trivia Friday show here on Fan Junkies Radio. Tomorrow, Frat House Saturday, right here on the Fan Junkies Radio Network, 3 p.m. Eastern time with our very own Mike McShane. Uh, Correct. 1 p.m. 
1 p.m., excuse me. All I right. keep going back to the old hours, Mike. That's all right. That's all right. 1 p.m. tomorrow right here on Fan Junkies Radio, Frat House Saturday with Mike McShane. It was a good one. Everybody, enjoy your weekend. For Mike McShane, I'm Jonathan Raggis. See you all tomorrow. Have a good one.